We are, um, we're in the midst of a series that we started a couple of weeks ago entitled Following Jesus, Following Jesus. And um, we, we are, we're looking at key catalysts for spiritual growth, key catalysts for spiritual growth. growth. And the reason this is important is because how many know that spiritual growth does not happen by accident? But it happens by deliberate and intentional next steps. And here at Victory Christian Center, we are committed and intentional about helping people take their next steps on their journey with God and growing in their relationship with God. Let's thank God for being part of a church community that are intentional about that. And so we started the series by talking about engaging God's word. And the big idea that Sunday was that the word works, we need to learn how to work the word. The word works, we need to learn how to work the word. And last week, we looked at what the Bible says about prayer. Specifically, we looked at five essentials from the prayer life of Jesus. We talked about setting a time and setting a place to make an appointment with God and then show up. The same way that you make an appointment with people, you make an appointment with God. You set a time, and you set a place, and you show up. We talked about how if you want to have an effective prayer life, not only do you set a time and a place, but you pray out loud. You pray out loud, and you also pray for people by name. And then lastly, we talked about how you also pray with others. And can I tell you that this past Tuesday, we had, I believe, the greatest number in corporate prayer at our prayer meeting on Tuesday night than we've seen in probably, I don't know, a decade or two. We had so many people come out to prayer that we had to move our prayer, our prayer, our prayer event from the World Prayer Center to the Worship Center. That's how many people came. We couldn't fit in the World Prayer Center. So thank you to those of you that came out and prayed with us. Here's what I want to say about that for just a moment. This week, we are going to continue our prayer focus, and we want to challenge you to come out and join the, the others that came out last week. We're going to be gathering in the worship center in this room, in this building on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We're going to come, and we're going to pray. And can I tell you, we had an amazing time of prayer. The way I'm wired, I don't like soft and boring and looking at your watch kind of prayers. I mean, we go after it. And the kind of prayer time that we have, if you look at your watch, you'll be amazed that 45 minutes came and went, and it felt like five minutes, I'm telling you. And so we want to challenge you that if you've not yet come out, or even if you have been a part, come on out this Tuesday, 7 p.m., and here at Victory Christian Center, we don't drive to prayer by ourselves. We carpool to prayer. So whether it's you're grabbing your spouse or you're grabbing your cousin or you're grabbing your friend or you're grabbing somebody along the road, you're saying, get in the car, we're going to prayer. And so Tuesday night, we're going to come together at 7 p.m. My wife and I will be here. We so look forward to that time together. We're going to be meeting in this room and we're going to go after God and we're going to pray with others. We're going to pray out loud. We've set a time, 7 p.m. We've set a place here, Tuesday and we're going to be praying out loud. We're going to be praying for people by name. And we're going to be praying with others. And we encourage you to be a part of that on Tuesday. Well, today we're going to be, we're going to be talking about Holy Spirit. 
my best friend. Again, we're looking at key catalysts for spiritual growth. And I can think of no better person that's alive today on planet Earth that can help you grow in your relationship with God and in your journey with God than the person of Holy Spirit. Here's why this message is so important today. Because George, the George Barna Group, a research organization in Venture, California, they did a study a number of years ago, and their study, in their study, here's what they found. They found that, this is startling, they found that only 25% of American Christians believe that Holy Spirit exists. Think about that. This was a, a, study, a, a study organization, a, a research organization that did a study a number of years ago, and they found that only 25% of not just Americans, but American Christians believe that Holy Spirit even exists. That means that 75% of American Christians do not believe that Holy Spirit exists. So the reason this message today is important is because we've got to come against a trend that is alienating, that is shoving the Holy Spirit into a back room of the church, and we need to bring him back out to the forefront because he is real, he's alive, and he wants to be your best friend. And so a few thoughts, not on the screen, not on the screen, but a few thoughts that if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to jot these thoughts down. And even if you're not taking notes, I'd love for you to jot these thoughts down. But here's, here's a couple things, a few things up front about Holy Spirit, a few things up front about Holy Spirit. Number one, it's this, Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. And the reason that's important is because if you do not understand that he's a person, we will not develop a personal relationship with him. So Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is a part of what we call the Trinity. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is God, but Holy Spirit is a person. Here's the second thing I want you to write down. He's the most important person on earth today. The most important person on earth today is the person of Holy Spirit. And here's the last thing I want you to jot down as we begin. Nobody loves Jesus more than Holy Spirit. Nobody loves Jesus more than Holy Spirit. Why is that important? Because Holy Spirit, you never have to worry that Holy Spirit will take you into some weird thing, into some weird area. No, Holy Spirit always points you to Jesus, always reveals Jesus, always brings glory to Jesus, because no one on earth loves Jesus more than Holy Spirit. And if you love Jesus, and if you want to know Jesus more, then you need to get to know and build a relationship with the person of Holy Spirit. And so as we begin... As we begin, go ahead and turn, I should ask you to have done this a moment ago, but turn to Matthew chapter 3. We're going to begin there, Matthew chapter 3, we're going to begin there in just a moment, and then put a bookmark in Acts chapter 1, Matthew 3 and Acts chapter 1. 
We're going to be going through a number of scriptures in your Bible. All of them will be on the screen behind me. And so if you have a paper Bible like I do, turn to Matthew chapter 3. We'll hit that in a moment. And put a bookmark. If you've got a ribbon like I do, put your ribbon or, or your bulletin in Acts 1 and keep the space there. If you're using a smart device, click on Matthew chapter 3. We'll get there in a moment. But I want to share with you, there's going to be two, two, um, two sections of three points each. And I'll go through them very quickly. And the first section of three points that I want to give you is I want to first of all talk about three baptisms that we see in the Bible, in Scripture. Three baptisms that we see in Scripture. Three baptisms. The first one, if you're taking notes, write this down is Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. That's the first baptism. It's whenever Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. This is the baptism of, not to be confused with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, where the Bible says, For by one Spirit... We were all baptized into one body. This is not only speaking of the body of Christ, but it is uh, the church, but it's also speaking of the, of the person of Jesus. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus, that, my friend, is salvation. If you're here and you're born again, you've experienced salvation, you've experienced this baptism. This is salvation. This is where you become a new person. It's when Holy Spirit at salvation takes you and he took me and he, and he placed us in the Son. He placed us in Jesus. We were baptized into Jesus. Holy Spirit, in other words, was involved and engaged in the work of salvation. He was active. He was there. You may not have known it, but Holy Spirit has already been actively at work in your life. If you're far from God, He's actively engaging you. How? By convincing you of your need of a Savior. If you're saved already and born again, He was there at the moment that you said yes to Jesus. He was in that moment working in your life and baptizing you in the Son. He's the most important person on earth today because there is not a sermon that can save you. There is not a preacher that can save you. There is not an evangelist that can save you. There is not a church or a denomination that can save you. Only the Holy Spirit can do the work, the miraculous work of taking a lost sinner and placing them in the sun and they are born again. That's the greatest miracle that you and I can ever experience is the work of salvation. And that's the first baptism. It's whenever Holy Spirit takes a man or a woman that say yes to Jesus and he places them, he baptizes them into Jesus. The second baptism is whenever the disciple baptizes us in water. Many have experienced the first baptism listening to me. And many more have also experienced, after salvation, this second baptism. It's water baptism. It's whenever a disciple, a follower of Jesus, takes a person who has said yes to Jesus and baptizes them in water. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 19, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Notice it says disciples and not converts. 
but make disciples. What is that? It's a disciplined follower. It's what this series is helping all of us to become. Followers of Jesus that are growing, engaging in God's word, engaging in prayer, and engaging in a relationship with a person that can ignite your journey and relationship with God like no other, the person of Holy Spirit. So go, therefore, and make this kind of people, disciples, disciplined disciplined followers of all the nations. Notice it's all nations, not just Americans, not just people living in Africa or Latin America, but people around the world and throughout history have been following Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This speaks of water baptism. If If the first baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where Holy Spirit baptizes you in the Son, if that's that's where you become a new person, this baptism is when the old you, the old man, is cut off at water baptism. And in fact, many of you have already done that. We did about 40 a couple of weeks ago. On November 18th, on Sunday, November 18th, in both services, if you've already said yes to Jesus and you've not yet experienced this baptism, the baptism of water, then that is your next step. And so we encourage you to go online and sign up for water baptism on, on Sunday, November 18th, if, you've said, if you're a new follower of Jesus and you've not yet been water baptized, that, that is your next step. And we encourage you to do that on November 18th. The third baptism, third baptism I want to talk about, and we're going to spend the majority of, of our time talking about this baptism this morning. But the third one is whenever Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. This is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when, G- when Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. You have the baptism of water, when a disciple baptizes us in water. And then we have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, where Jesus claims the exclusive right of taking a man or a woman and baptizing them in the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 3, the first scripture I had you turn to, in verse 11, it says it like this. John the Baptist is speaking, and he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He, speaking of Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. If the first baptism speaks of you becoming a new person, and the second baptism speaks of the old you being cut off, this third baptism is a baptism for you to have the power to walk in the new, to have the ability to walk this journey with God. Many people have experienced the first two baptisms, but have not experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So what? So they lack the power to walk in the new. And we don't want you to lack the power to walk in the new relationship that you found in Jesus Christ. We want you to walk with great success. We want you to walk and prosper in your journey with God. And we want you to walk with God. And we want you to do it well. And we want you to grow. And so that is why today we'll give you an opportunity to experience this third baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Somebody thank God for that opportunity. Okay. 
In Luke chapter 24 and in Acts chapter 1, we're going to look at Acts 1 in just a moment, but we're going to look at Luke, Luke 24 first. These two scriptures that we're going to look, look at are very important because these are the last words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven. This was after his three-year ministry, after his crucifixion, after his resurrection. He is speaking for the last time before he ascends to heaven to his followers. And in Luke 24, verse 49, here's what he says. Behold, look, I send the promise of my Father, who is, by the way, Holy Spirit, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry or wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, very similar scripture, the Bible says, and being assembled together with them, with the, with the followers, with the disciples, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father. That's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the promise of God the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. In other words, the last words of Jesus were not go. The last words of Jesus were wait. Because if you go without waiting for the Holy Spirit, nothing will happen. We do have the charge and the command to go into all nations, but the last words of Jesus were not go, they were to wait. They were to wait for the endowment of power and the promise of the Father, the person of Holy Spirit, the third baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, because if you go without Him, then nothing will happen. And Jesus was here with his disciples, and it's interesting. What's interesting about these last words of Jesus is that these men and women, they had spent time with Jesus. They were in the school of Jesus for three years. They sat with him. They talked with him. They were there whenever he did all of his teachings and all of his miracles. Not only that, but he, he got them to, to also do miracles and to also teach. He got them involved. They were there. They, they, they knew the illustrations. They, they had the experience. They, they, they knew how to do the stuff. But even, even through all of that, he said, you've got the experience. You've seen me do it. You've seen me do the stuff. But I need you to wait. And it reminded me of, of whenever I was in India a few years ago. I'm in India a few years ago, and I learned a very valuable lesson. I was there with a friend named Samuel, and, and we were doing... Uh, what were called fire conferences, where we were doing conferences for pastors and evangelists and, and teachers in different communities in India. We had two full weeks of conferences where, where we uh, did two conferences in different places throughout India. Well, one of those evenings, we had taught all day, and we get back to our hotel, and we're tired. We're both tired. Samuel goes to his room to go to bed, but I'm not only tired, I'm hungry. 
So I go to the, hotel, to the restaurant attached to the hotel. And so I sit down at the restaurant, and there's only one customer. It's me. I'm there. I'm hungry. I'm looking at the menu. And the menu has no pictures. But it is written in two languages, in Hindi and their best attempt at English. So I'm looking at the menu. I have no idea what's on the menu. And so if, if you know me, you know that I could be adventurous when it comes to food. Just ask my wife. And so I, I, um, the, the waiter comes around, and I, my, I decide that what I'll do is I'll just point at something on the menu and say, I'll have that. And so I did. The waiter comes around, and he says, how, how can I help you? What can I get for you? And I pointed at something on the menu. I said, I'll have that. He looked down. He read it and said, I'm sorry, sir, but we do not have that available. I said, okay. I turned the page, and I pointed at something different. I said, then I'll have that. He looks down at it and says, I'm sorry, sir, but we do not have that available. And so I thought, well, I've got to ask the right question to get the right response. So I said, okay, so what is what is your mo- the food that you're most known for? What is the dish that people just love to eat and they can't get enough of? I'll have that. The guy's eyes open really wide and he says, Oh, sir, our, the, the dish that we're most known for, people come from miles and miles just to come for it. It's what we're known for. We specialize in it. It is so tasty. I'm sure you will love it if you would have it. And I said, Well, I'll take that. He bowed his head down and he said, I'm sorry, sir, but we do not have that available. Here's the lesson I learned that day. You cannot give what you do not have. You cannot give what you do not have. And so the reason Jesus sent his disciples to the upper room to wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is because, yes, they had sermons, but they needed more than just sermons for the task at hand. Yes, they had illustrations, but they were going to need more than just illustrations for the task at hand. Yes, they had stories, but they were going to need more than just stories for the task that was at hand. Yes, they had an experience, but they were going to need more than just an experience for the task that was at hand. They were going to need the person and the baptism in the Holy spirit for what they were called to do. They need their own encounter with God and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Somebody give God praise for just a moment because you want to. So he said, wait, you've seen me do it. You've got experience. You've got messages. You've got sermons. But you need what was the game changer in my life, Jesus said. You need a personal relationship with Holy Spirit, and you need the experience of the third baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit that endues you with power to accomplish what I've called you to do. And so I'd like to look at a scripture that shows all three baptisms. There's a number of scriptures that we can look at, and we can see all three baptisms in that one scripture, but I want to just share one with you. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. It's in Acts chapter 2. And so if you're already in Acts chapter 1, just make a right turn and go to Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, this is, everyone's gathered in Jerusalem because it was a big feast day. Uh, this feast was known as the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot. We know this feast um, by the Greek term Pentecost. 
So there they were gathered in Jerusalem, uh, worshipers from all different parts of, of Israel and even different parts of, of nations around Israel, Jewish people coming to worship in Jerusalem. And there in Jerusalem, in this, in this moment, were the followers of Jesus after Jesus had already descended. They were gathered up in the upper room and they were waiting for what Jesus said, the promise of the Father. And we know that in that upper room, Holy Spirit came, and the story goes that he, that room began to shake, and a wind blew, and there was a sound as of a rushing wind, and the Holy Spirit came, and there was, and there, you've got to read it in Acts chapter 2, it's an incredible story of, of how they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in another tongue or in another language. And from that experience, they left the upper room speaking that language. And the Bible says that people from around the known world that were there in Jerusalem were hearing the good news of Jesus Christ in their own language. And some people even looked at them and said, these men are drunk. Peter stands up and says, these men are not drunk as you suppose. They're not drunk. And then he begins to explain to them what had happened. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, after Peter preaches about Jesus and about salvation, he says in verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Let me just stop there for just a moment. Because a good sermon will affect your head. And that's good. It's good when, when you can leave with information that affects your head. That's not a bad thing. But men and women that have a personal relationship with Holy Spirit, that have received this third baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, they're not just out to give you information or to inspire your head or to touch your head. But whenever a man or woman under the authority and power of Holy Spirit. Not only would the words that they speak touch your head, but they will touch your heart. Because Holy Spirit is not only interested in informing your head, Holy Spirit wants to transform your heart. Because you, sir, you, ma'am, can only re really change, not just when your mind changes, but when your heart changes. And that's what God specializes in. He specializes in transforming the heart of a man or a woman, and thereby completely transforming their life. Thank God if he's done that for you. He's a good God. Okay. So when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Here's what they were asking. What's our next step? We've just heard you give a presentation about Jesus Christ and how he's the only way to a relationship with God the Father, that by accepting him and him alone, his sacrifice, are we made right with God? And so they said, what's our next step? And so Peter gives them the next step. Peter said to them, verse 38, repent. That's the first baptism. Change the way you think. Get born again. Get saved. Repent. Next he said, and then let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. What is that? That's water baptism. He said, get born again. And then we'll baptize you in water. That's the second baptism. And then watch this, the third one. 
And then you shall receive the gift of Holy Spirit. The gift of Holy Spirit. Notice it says gift. Because when you and I get Holy Spirit, we don't get him in part. We don't get him in measure. We get the fullness of God, the fullness of Holy Spirit when he comes on our lives in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's as if I wanted to gift my watch to Dr. Pete. Now, I wouldn't, not because I'm stingy, but because this was a gift to me. But let's say I wanted to bless Dr. Pete and say, I'm going to gift you. Then it's a, it's a nice watch. I want to gift you this watch. And then tomorrow I show up in his home and I hand him, I hand him the minute hand. And he looks at this and says, what is this? And I said, well, it's a part of my watch. I told you I was going to gift you my watch, but I'm going to do it in part. I'm going to do it in measure. No, that's foolish. In other words, when you get Holy Spirit, God doesn't give you something in part. He doesn't give you something in measure. When you receive the Holy Spirit, God unloads on you the fullness of who He is, all of, he, of who He is. And the Holy Spirit is the gift, singular, not gifts, plural. And look at verse 39. Verse 39 says, for the promise, promise of the Father, Holy Spirit. Peter speaking 2,000 years ago to people from around the world in Jerusalem. The promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off in Coitsville, Ohio. As many as the Lord our God will call. Wow, he just qualified people sitting in this room today. He just qualified Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania. He is saying that Holy Spirit was not just reserved for those first century Christians, but it's for all who are afar off, all who will believe and be called by Jesus Christ. That's me and you today. That's something to get excited about. Because God is going to do it this morning. So there's three baptisms. And I want to focus and end my time talking about. There's a number of benefits of receiving the Holy Spirit. But I just want to look at three this morning. For the sake of time. Three. Very quickly we'll go through these. The first one. first benefit of receiving Holy Spirit. Number one is you get gifts. Plural. You get gifts. Holy Spirit is, is the gift, but Holy Spirit comes bearing gifts. And if you want to know what those gifts are, we don't have time to read them this morning, so write them down in your notes. You can find these gifts in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. If you're interested in finding out, read them this afternoon, read them throughout the week. These are the gifts that Holy Spirit brings with him. Acts chapter 1, in Acts chapter 1, it was wait for Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 is whenever the Holy Spirit came. And I think my favorite chapter is Acts chapter 3, because Acts chapter 3 shows the results of Holy Spirit coming on those that had waited. And Acts chapter 3 is whenever we see Peter and John, after already receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that they were on their way up to the temple in Jerusalem to worship. 
And as they were heading up to the temple, they found Charlie by a gate called Beautiful. Now, the Bible doesn't name him, but I do. His name was Charlie, and he's at the gate called Beautiful, and he was begging. He was a lame man. He was a cripple at, the, at a gate called Beautiful. And as John and Peter were, were going up to the temple, they bump into Charlie, and Charlie is begging for money. As John and Peter see, see this man, they look at him. I'm sure that they've seen Charlie before. They've probably dropped in a shekel or two, a time or two uh, in the past. They know Charlie. But this time, something is different. Not different in Charlie, but different in John and Peter. See, they had experienced Acts chapter 2. And they only experienced Acts chapter 2 because they obeyed Acts chapter 1. And so here they are in Acts chapter 3 going up to the temple. They see Charlie, who they've seen for years. But now as they approach Charlie, Charlie says, you got any money? John and Peter reach into their pockets and only pull out lint. We've got nothing. Don't have any money. But remember the lesson I learned in India. You cannot give what you do not have. But conversely, you can give what you do have. And this is the story in Acts chapter 3 where Peter and John look at this lame man. And they look at Charlie and say, Charlie, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, that I will give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, Rise up and walk. And the Bible says that Charlie grabbed his mat and his legs got strengthened. And for the first time, he was able to walk. And he began to leap for joy around and in the temple because Peter and John had the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit came with gifts. And in that moment, the gift of healing was released. And Charlie benefited from a Peter and John who had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Somebody give God praise because he can do it today as well different kind of gifts that Holy Spirit brings read them in Romans 12 1 Corinthians 12 gifts of healing gifts of faith gift of miracles gift of giving gift of speaking in a new language a prayer language different gifts gifts of prophecy because he comes bearing gifts it's why our prayer team when our leaders come up to pray for people. We pray for any person that needs prayer for any reason. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has made available gifts that can touch you in any place that you hurt, in any place that you're broken, in any place that you're sick or diseased. Holy Spirit has not left us without anything. He's left us with his gifts and with his presence. And when he comes in a church and when he comes on your life, he'll completely transform you. Somebody give God a praise break for the Holy Spirit because he's good. I didn't mean to get excited this morning, but he's my best friend. I love talking about him. And when I talk about him, he shows up. Number two, another benefit of receiving Holy Spirit, number two is power. Power. Acts 1.8 says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Love to share with you a quick story of whenever I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was, I was 17 when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was born again at 16, baptized in water, and then at age of 17, I, was, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and it completely changed my life. Prior to me being born again at 16, one Friday evening, I spent the night over at my cousin's house. 
He was married, but at that time his wife wasn't around. They were having difficulty in their marriage. And I spent the night over at his house. It was just me and my older cousin. And we're in his home. And that Friday evening after the movie we watched, he went upstairs to his bedroom. And I stayed sleeping in the living room. And as, as I'm laying there in the living room, um, I thought I was dreaming, but I wasn't because I woke up. I didn't open my eyes, but I woke up, and I was still experiencing the horrible nightmare that I was dreaming about, and it was this. I woke up to a hot, a breathy voice speaking an unknown language in my ear from another world. It had so terrified me that I knew that if I were to open my eyes and turn, I would come face to face with a, with, with a demonic spirit from another world. And I remember being so frightened in that moment that all I could do was just to cry out to Jesus. I, I didn't say it out loud, but under my breath. I didn't want this thing to know that I was awake. I was shook. I was terrified. And so I remember saying, Jesus, help me. Jesus, cover me. Under my breath, Jesus, help me. Jesus, cover me. And I don't know, but in his grace and his goodness, it's like he just covered me with a blanket, with this shield of Holy Spirit, and I was able to go back to sleep, woke up, never slept again at that house. Again, never slept over again. Fast forward about a year and a half. I'm 17 now, and I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit after I was born again. And it was a Friday night, and I've got people to confirm this story. And it's going to sound far-fetched, but th this happened. It was a Friday night, and I, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And remember, when you receive Him, you receive gifts, you receive power. And so I grabbed my younger sister, and I said, hey, we're going to go to our cousin's home. We're going to pray for him. And we do. We go over his house on a Friday night. He's there. We knock on the door. He opens up. And, says, and I said, uh, I said we're, we're here to pray for you. You're, he was far from God. He had known about God, but he was far from God. He was into a bunch of stuff that I don't want to name today, but he was far from God. And I said, we want to pray for you. And he sat at his dining room table, and we began praying for him. He began weeping. He began crying. And then I don't know why, but just out of the blue, I felt like I wanted to go around the house from room to room, and I wanted to pray for every room. I, I knew what was already in that house because a year earlier, I had experienced that demonic presence. And so as I'm going throughout from room to room praying, you may not understand this, but I, I was going from room to room and I was casting out demons. I was saying, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Leave this place in Jesus' name. I know it sounds far-fetched. You've seen movies, exorcism. That, that's what was happening. I'm 17-year-old and I'm going through the house and then we decide to go upstairs we go to his bedroom, and I'm standing at the doorway of his bedroom, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm with an out loud voice, I'm praying, and I'm saying, the name of Jesus, you foul, unclean spirits, come out in Jesus' name. And, and I'm not lying to you. All of a sudden, there was a plate hanging on the opposite wall, on nails. It jumped off the wall, flew across the room, and smashed on the wall right by my head. My sister was there with me. We jumped up, and it shook us. I got spooked. I'm like, this, this is real. I felt fear, and then I, then I just thought to myself, I can't, I can't give in to fear. And I remember scriptures like, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And so, and so I began to realize, this is actually working. 
And I began to pray all the more. And we went throughout the house, and as we go down to the first floor where he's at the table, he is weeping uncontrollably. uncontrollably. By this time, he's got a fire in his backyard where he's burning movies and magazines, and he's burning all kind of paraphernalia in the backyard as he's weeping uncontrollably. What am I trying to say to you? I'm trying to say to you that pre-baptism in the Holy Spirit won, Laid like a coward afraid a year ago. But after that 17-year-old received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, he received power to do something about the darkness of the world around him. Well, pastor, why, why, why don't we see more of that in America today? I don't know. Maybe because 75% of Christians don't believe that he even exists. And so demons are looking at us saying, there are no threat to us at all. There is nothing to be concerned about with these Christians who have no power because they've not experienced the third baptism. Jesus wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Well, pastor, isn't that dangerous? Yes, it is. It's dangerous to depression. It's dangerous to anxiety. It's dangerous to worry. It's dangerous for broken marriages. It's dangerous for broken families and wounded hearts. It's dangerous for addictions. It's dangerous for sickness and disease. It's dangerous for cancer. It's dangerous for confused minds and fear-bound hearts. It's dangerous for the devil. It's dangerous for demons. It's dangerous for darkness. But for us, it is a promise. And it is a gift from Papa. We've got to wrap it up and close. Point number three, if you're taking notes, is fruit. Galatians 5. That's all I'm giving you. And we're wrapping up. Number three is fruit. Galatians 5. Holy Spirit comes and he brings you fruit. I wish I could talk more about that. Because one of the problems we have in the church is nasty Christians. And we need a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because God doesn't want nasty Christians. He wants people with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness, long-suffering, gentleness, self-control. Galatians 5, fruit. I want to end with this scripture. Acts 19.2. Paul is visiting a group of people that were already followers of Jesus. Already followers of Jesus. He's visiting with them, and he said to them in Acts 19.2, he asked them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. That's 75% of American Christians. It's not your fault. The problem is, is that as pastors, we have not asked that question to the American church. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe?
believed. We've not even heard of such a thing. Well, I am telling you that Holy Spirit is real. He's a person. He's the most important person on earth today. No one loves Jesus more than Holy Spirit. And if you're here this morning and you've experienced the first baptism of salvation, the second baptism of water, even if you haven't, you can experience those today. But if you're here and you've not experienced the third baptism, which is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, today is your day to experience Holy Spirit. Whether you need him anew or whether you need a fresh touch or you need to experience him for the first time. If that's you here today, I'm going to ask all of us to right now stand to our feet. I'm going to ask my wife to join me. And I want our prayer team to come. And as our prayer team is coming, I want all attention on me for just a minute before we close. Because I want to give you instructions and direction for today. Has this been helpful? Okay. God is not interested in you leaving here with information in your head. That's good, but he wants to do something more. He wants to transform your heart. And he wants you to experience his promise, his gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. And it's the person of Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you've not yet received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, then before you leave here today, we want to pray for you. I promise you nothing weird is going to happen. The Holy Spirit doesn't make people weird. He makes people wired. Gives them power to walk in the new. If you're here today and you've not yet experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, these leaders here, they'll pray for you. They're not going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. That's the work of Jesus. But as they pray for you, Jesus is here. And he will baptize you in his Holy Spirit. But not only that, maybe you need a fresh touch in your life. Maybe it's been a while since God has touched your life. If that's you, we want to pray for you as well. In fact, if you're here and you need prayer for any reason, we want to pray for you. You don't have to be a member of Victory to receive prayer. You don't have to be a bad person to receive prayer. We all need prayer. I need prayer. You need prayer. So maybe, maybe you, you need healing in your body. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe there's someone in your family that's not here today, and you want us to agree with you in praying for them. That's totally legitimate. So if you're here today and you need prayer for any reason, but especially if you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, as soon as my wife and I get done blessing you, you get out of your seat and you join all the others that will be coming here this morning to receive prayer. Keep your eyes open as we bless you today. Friends and family of Victory Christian Center, I bless you today. I bless you to know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God which neither slumbers nor sleeps. The God that is for you and never against you. May you know his grace. May you know his peace. May you know his strength. May you know his son. And may you receive his promise. The precious Holy Spirit. May you be men and women that operate in the gifts 
so that you can bless others. Men and women of power and men and women of fruit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And as you leave here, may you know him and make him known in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, we want to pray for you this morning. If you want to receive a fresh touch from God, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we'll pray for you. Just come. There's nothing worth more will ever come close. I